The home of the Flyers, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's News and Talk. See, I told you guys, I called it in the pregame show. Dayton in a runaway. Well, the final score, Dayton in a runaway. Dayton 83, GW 58. Dating a 25-point winner on the road at Foggy Bottom. It's John Bedell and John Tisdale here with you for Flyer Feedback. And Tizzy, we talked about it in the pregame show. This is going to be a blowout. Uh, <laughs> winning when the vibes around this Dayton team uh, were not very good after Wednesday's game. Winning is a heck of a deodorant, and apparently so is this GW team because they are dreadful, and you wipe the floor with them today at the Smith Center. Yeah, absolutely. So Dayton went to Foggy Bottom, and uh, things are... Uh... Things all is well now again. I mean, they got their ninth win of the season. Look, this was Dayton took care of business. That's exactly what they did. Uh, they led from the start. A solid game from Tamani Kamara, second straight game, uh, 14 points to lead the Flyers. Five players in double figures, John. And I think the other thing it was they got production off their bench, 34 bench points. They only had three against VCU. You had Elijah Weaver, 12 points, all in the second half. Mustafa Amzil, he had 10 points. But more importantly, I was impressed. He had six rebounds, two assists. He helped the team in other areas. And that's the thing I think that was really good to see from Amzil. Kobe Brea, solid eight points as well. Uh, and even Zimmy Mwokeji got into the game, got a couple of dunks. He could hear his mom in the background. You heard Larry and Josh kind of talk about that because uh, there were no fans in the, uh, in the Smith Center. It's kind of... It was odd a little bit because I'm so used to over the years, John. I mean, you and I have covered this team for a number of years, and that's that place is usually rocking whenever Dayton's playing. That student section's usually into it. Not the case this year, obviously. We're in different times. But uh, Dayton took care of business against a GW team that hadn't played in a month because of, uh, they've had their own COVID issues, and it showed. And it really showed, and uh, Dayton gets away with their uh, ninth win of the season and uh, with a 25-point win. Yeah, a couple of things, as you mentioned, Tiz, nobody's going to confuse GW for a team uh, that is going to even come close to competing to win the A-10, right? They were picked 13th out of 14 teams in the A-10. Uh, they have been off for more than a month, and well, almost a month, and you can tell they look like it, and they're just not very good. Um, and it's just good to see Dayton go to a venue that – has not been historically kind to them over the last uh, many years. They they had to break, or they did break, a four-game losing streak there when they finally won at the Smith Center in 2019. Uh, and it's just good to see, especially after the mood, after that loss Wednesday night. Uh, it's just, as I saw a couple of Dayton fans tweet during the game, it's always good to see a dump trucking of an A-10 opponent on a road game uh, in conference. You're never going to complain about that. You take road wins where you can get them in college basketball. And even though we knew coming into this game that it was it was one Dayton absolutely should win and had no business losing, as Josh Pastorino said in the pregame with Larry here on WHIR Radio, you never really know when you got a game coming into a game like this where your opponent's been off for close to a month. Right. Even if they're as dreadful as this Colonials team is, you never really know what to expect. And as we talked about, the vibes were not good coming off that loss Wednesday at home against VCU. Um, so good to see Dayton just go in there. As you mentioned, Tiz, wire to wire, this thing was never really in question. Uh, Dayton's lead was as big as 27 at points. Their biggest lead in the first half, to compartmentalize it a little more, was 17. And they were, once they were off and running, the Colonials didn't even make it close, Tiz, and they end up winning by 25. The first half, great to see. I mean, really the only thing halfway through this one, Tiz, that you could complain about if you're nitpicking was turnovers, still a problem for this Dayton team. They turned the ball mm -hmm. over 12 times in the first half. Now they finished with 18. So again, they do a much better job in the second half controlling those turnovers. But other than that, Tiz, I mean, the first half they have, they shoot 58%, almost 59% from the field on 17 of 29 shooting. They got nine assists on 17 field goals. So they're assisting on... 52% of their field goals in the first half. They were 4-9 from beyond the arc. That's good for 44%, plus 8 in the rebounding margin. I mean, uh, they were just, like I said, with the exception of the turnovers, that was about the only thing you could you could do to nitpick the Flyers in the first half. And Molly Smith at the break, Tiz pacing Dayton and leading all scorers, 13 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists, 1 steal, and 3 turnovers for Molly Smith in the first half. He just... Tiz absolutely took over that game and, and set that tone in the first half. 
Yeah, he really did. Um, and the other thing was Dayton took advantage of GW turnovers. They had 14 points off Colonial turnovers. And that really was one of the things that really helped them really separate themselves from GW in that first half. Because, look, the Colonials had a chance to get closer because after Freeman buried a three to cut it to 9-7 to seven at the 15-47 mark, Dayton then goes on a uh, 14-0 run that was capped by a basket by uh, Mally Smith, and GW calls a timeout. I think GW went, what, nearly six minutes without a point? And to me, that's really where the Flyers were able to separate themselves. And not just that, Colby Elvis was able to get some good minutes. He had five points to end the first half. He was active. He had five assists. But I think that's the thing. You mentioned the key stat. They had 22 assists to 37 field goals. So, yeah, we could talk about the turnovers. Yes, 18. This has been an issue all year with this team. The turnovers have been an issue with this Flyer team, and it's going to be throughout the year. It, it, it frustrates uh, every Flyer fan that we that we watch on Twitter, every Flyer fan that frustrates me, frustrates you. But at the, at the same point, the Flyers also had 56 points in the paint. Deron Holmes, Deuce, 12.7 rebounds. You had Tamani Kamara, 14 points, starting to settle in, starting to settle down after he's been, he was kind of, he was battling inconsistent play with the turnovers, his own turnover issues. Yeah, he had five, but still a solid performance. Um, Mally Smith uh, played well again today, uh, 13 points, six rebounds, six assists. So there's a lot of good things that this fire team can build. And especially as you get to the toughest part of this schedule coming up, you know, I think what St. Louis, I think, is on Tuesday. I think Duquesne, I think, on Saturday. But they had to focus on GW. Um, the rest of those games, you don't worry about. You got They had to focus on GW today, and they were able to do that in a convincing matter down in uh, D.C. It is the, one, of, one of the big, big differences was the bench production because it was dreadful on, on Wednesday night for the Flyers. Mm-hmm. You get... Amziel, Zim, Sissoko, Brea, and Weaver all coming off the bench. Those five guys on Wednesday night, they combined for three points and five turnovers and not much else. I mean, it was just really rough bench play. And But as you mentioned, they were able to flip the script tonight, and you get great production. As you mentioned, Mustafa, 10 points off the bench. Zim KG with kind of a quiet four, but he was productive as well. He grabbed two rebounds while he was in there, had one steal. So, you know, he's he's making – or I'm sorry, that, that was uh, Moo. But, uh, you know – Brea with eight points, Elijah Weaver with 12, and three assists off the bench. So the bench production was was much, much better tonight. And whatever Anthony Grant said on Wednesday, it's probably a combination of, uh, you know, GW just being awful, but also maybe what, whatever Anthony said after Wednesday, because you could tell he was, he was hot after Wednesday night. And uh, for a guy who never bus tosses his players in public, for him to bus toss with Larry after the game and in his post-game press conference yeah. uh, was stopping short of naming names, did Anthony, but uh, for him to do that, how frustrated must he be to do something he rarely, if ever, does? Uh, but whatever it was, Tiz, obviously a much lesser opponent today, but mm-hmm. they get all that stuff corrected and they come out and, you know, a game where they just never uh, trailed and get, they get business done at GW. Well, I mean, how much, how much, how bad as this GW team. I mean, obviously, look at the record four and nine. Get it their first game since uh, in nearly a month. But f- yeah, Bombseal, 25. Bom- yeah, yeah, bom- Bombseal, who had 25 points for the Colonials. Freeman, 17. That's 38 points combined of their 58 points. Only four players scored for George Washington. This is not a good GW team. And, you know, you've, you've uh, met, you've uh, had, uh, you've met with uh, Jamie on Christian uh, for years, going back to your days of covering uh, the uh, the elite. A- I'm sorry, the uh, first four uh, got ahead of myself. The elite A, but you you know, you you covered uh, Jamie on Christian, GW's head coach, and the Colonials are just starting over. They they've been starting over really since uh, to that really since the end of 2017 when they won the NIT, and Dayton was able to take advantage of uh, of things today. Um, they obviously were the better team. Team, um, Deuce Holmes, Deron Holmes the second again a solid twelve points. Mally Smith and and to me and John you said the thing he really enforced things. He needs he needed to be the enforcer and he was scoring six straight points in the first half. Then he hit a cup big three to put them up sixteen seven, 
and then, of course, scoring right there to put them up 23-7, and they never looked back. Yet Kamara with a couple of dunks uh, in the first half. Alley-oop by uh, Deuce Hol- Deron Holmes the second. Dayton got the ball inside. Holmes only, I think, had one point in the game Wednesday night against VCU. Dayton much more active getting the ball inside in this game against uh, GW. Uh, yes, we can discuss, you know, they're two different opponents, VCU and GW, way different. But you can tell they got the message after what Coach Grant said on Wednesday night that they needed to pick up their play, and everyone needed to pick up their play. And they got the message, and certainly they took it to him. But the guy I was also happy to see pick up a little bit, Elijah Weaver, 12 points in the second half. John, he can score them in bunches. We saw that in Orlando. Uh, he played very well right there. Uh, he's been quiet for a few games. He That wasn't the case in the second half. Uh, when he's scoring, he's scoring in bunches. And uh, he played. It was good to see him back uh, get a little bit off the schneid a little bit. 12 points and uh, three three assists. Uh, three steals as well. So Weaver had a had a nice ball game as well. Mentioned, John. It's it's nobody's going to confuse GW for a quality win, right? No. This was a quad no. four game for Dayton because it was a road game mm-hmm. versus a two forty one to three fifty three. Metrically, they're not good. Their net rankings two seventy eight. Ken Palm, they're two fifty four. Uh, they're not good when you watch the just the eye test. They're they're just they're not a good team. Uh, and I, as I mentioned, as you as you alluded to, you know I've known Jamie Christian for a while, dealt with him professionally back to his days at Mount St. Mary's, but he's just having a rough go of it at GW. It's it's just not panned out so far. And this is a GW team that you just you just cannot you cannot lose to. Um, and, and as you mentioned, much different opponent than VCU. You know, you're talking a team that's top three, top five defensively. Uh, in the country, GW is not that, not even close to that. No. Uh, they've been off for close to a month, but you know, so had so had VCU. VCU would have been off for close to three weeks by the time you played them Wednesday night. Uh, but just the effort was night and day. I mean, you talk to anybody who was in that arena Wednesday night, and they said it just felt flat. It felt like a season opener. There was just no energy in that uh, you know game from the Flyers, and it showed. And they end up losing. Uh, by one point when they had a chance to uh, close it out, <laughs> you know, but or two points when they had a chance to close it out. But, uh, you know, it's uh, j- like I said, winning winning tis is a heck of a deodorant when when things are just not going well after all. that game Wednesday night. It's it winning cures all. Uh, we've heard that saying quite a bit. And we're waiting to hear from Coach Anthony Grant as he's uh, as uh, we're waiting. You'll be talking with our own Larry Hanskin coming up in uh, just a little bit. He's got some uh, he's still uh, talking with the team. But again, uh, Flyers uh, winning it against George Washington by a score of 83-58 to 58 down in our nation's capital, down in Foggy Bottom. And uh, just uh, some other games that we'll check in the Atlantic 10. Duquesne knocking off UMass 78-74. to 74. VCU and LaSalle, that game just underway, tied at 2. 18-14 left to go in the first half. Rhode Island-Davidson, that game just underway. And Iona and St. Louis, that game is going to be at 8 o'clock. Dayton head coach Anthony Grant think about this 83-58 win at GW, a wire-to-wire to to win for his Flyers. Well, you're about to find out because he is live on the other side of this break in D.C. with Larry Hanskin right here on the Home of the Flyers. The Home of the Flyers, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. The Home of the Flyers, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Larry Hans get back at D.C. Uh, with the where the Dayton Flyers defeat uh, George Washington 83 to 58 to the court with Coach Anthony Grant. Brought to you by the law firm of Pickerel, Schaefer, and Ebling. And Coach, your concern coming into this game was uh, going to be about energy. You're playing in an empty building, and I thought from where I sat, which was not far from where you were, um, I, I thought the Flyers brought it. I thought they yeah. brought it. Yeah, I agree, Larry. I thought our guys did a really good job. You know, and you always want to see how you guys respond. You know, after 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 a tough loss, you know, and and obviously being challenged, and I thought they did a, a really good job tonight. Um, I thought they played with good energy. Thought we played unselfishly. Obviously, you know, we still have to do a better job of taking care of the basketball. Um, you know, but overall, I thought uh, that they played with some purpose and, and pretty good energy tonight. And and your your focus, I know, these last couple of games. I mean, obviously, you did a scouting report uh, on the GW, but was a lot of your focus on Dayton and, and and what Dayton needs to do and less about what GW is going to do. Yeah, it's all it's always going to be a combination of the two, you know. And and uh, you know, one thing you can't do is you you know as a coach, um, you can't get caught up in what happened yesterday, 
you have to be able to move on. You know, so Wednesday uh, was what it was. We have to quickly turn around and get ready for Saturday at noon, you know. And so we'll look at this one, and we got to get quickly ready for, for Tuesday, you know. And it, the carryover, if there is any carryover, uh, is more in terms of, as you mentioned, here's the things that we can do better, you know, wh- whether it's uh, things we talked about from a competitive standpoint or an execution standpoint, especially with a young group. You know, it's on-the-job training for these guys, and, and, and a part of it is just develop understanding that there are certain habits and standards that they have to develop and be able to play to and hold themselves to that, that myself and our staff are asking them and de- trying to demand of them that they do so they, be, they can become the best version of themselves and our team can become the best version of itself. And it's a process, you know, and, and it, it's, it's going to be uh, a, a consistency that we have to we have. To have. That, that we have to coach to, that they have to play to uh, in terms of developing those habits and being able to play to those standards. Your zone was very effective uh, this afternoon. What, but, uh, you know, it's not the zone. It's the guys that can make it effective. What did th- your team do today to make that successful at the defensive end? Well, I mean, I'll go back and look at the film. You know, I think the biggest thing was, was doing our jobs, you know, in terms of being able to hit our spots and, and do the things that we needed to do and understand their personnel and what we needed to take away from them. They, they were able to have some success in the second half against the zone there late, probably the last 12 minutes or so, and then we, we switched and went man-to-man to close it out. Uh, but I thought for the most part it kept them out of rhythm. Uh, it kept them away from taking advantage of they got some really good individual talents and were able to limit, you know, some of those today, you know, especially with uh, – you know, obviously, uh, uh, Lindo, you know, like, uh, um, you know, we were able to limit his opportunities today, you know, and then you look at Bishop, he, I thought in the first half, we, I think we had held him scoreless in the first half or didn't make a field goal in the first half. So that, that was really critical because uh, those guys are more than capable of, of having big nights. You, you shot the ball well from three, but you, you scored, uh, you know, a ton in the paint. You scored a ton of points in the paint. Is that this, you know, you're seeking an identity for your team. Might that be part of that identity as a team that can get the ball inside and score? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, all year you, when you look at our numbers, you know, I think we, we've been one of, one of the most efficient teams in the country inside the three-point line, and we've not been consistent um, from, from, from the three-point line. I thought tonight, you know, we took good ones. It's great to see 50% at the three-point line. Um, you know, but I think all year long we've been, we've been pretty consistent in terms of our ability to, to be uh, efficient when we play inside the line. I guess the most important thing besides getting the W is that the stuff you talked about, um, your guys coming away with maybe a, a step closer to understanding what it takes to be successful. Yeah, one day at a time, you know, and, and it's, uh, you know, it's a, to me building a level of consistency, you know, with a young team will be really important. All right, Coach. We'll let you Appreciate go. it. All right. That does wrap things up here. And, again, Dayton in action on uh, Tuesday night at home against St. Louis. Before that, uh, we'll preview it, look back on this game, uh, the Anthony Grant Show coming up Monday night from Frickers on Woodman Drive from 7 to 8. On behalf of uh, Josh Pastorino, who worked alongside me tonight, I'm Larry Hanskin reminding you the final score in Foggy Bottom, Dayton 83 and George Washington 58. Now stick around for more of Flyer Feedback. The home of the Flyers, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. The Bud Light Post Game Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, brought to you by Bud Light. Where there's fun, there's a Bud Light there. Premier Health, proud to be the official health care provider for UD Athletics. Learn more at premierhealth.com slash UD. Frickers, for over 30 years, has been the home of fun, food, sports, and spirits. Care Source, individual and family health insurance that has you covered with kindness. Vandalia Blacktop and Seal Coating, make your parking lot look great again. Go to VandaliaBlacktop.com to see how. And by Logan AC and Heat Services, the official heating and cooling partner of the UD Flyers, helping fans stay comfortable all season long. The Bud Light Post Game Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. University of Dayton Basketball is a presentation of 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. The announcers for today's game were chosen in conjunction with the University of Dayton. Get up, Flyer fans. It's the show just for you. Flyer Feedback, presented by Bud Light. Flyer Feedback is brought to you by Flanagan's Pub. 
for all of your UD Flyer game day food and drinks. Check out the newly remodeled Flanagan's on Stewart Street. Enjoy that same Flyer faithful experience you've grown accustomed to since 1976. Bud Light, where there's fun, there's a Bud Light there. Premier Health, proud to be the official health care provider for UD Athletics. Learn more at premierhealth.com slash UD. And by Logan AC and Heat Services, the official heating and cooling partner of the UD Flyers, helping fans stay comfortable all season long. Call in with your comments or questions. 457-1290. Flyer feedback on 1290 and 95.7 WHIL. Dayton's News and Talk. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Flyer Feedback. It's John Bedell, John Tisdale, and you here for our live postgame show as the Dayton Flyers go to Washington and boat race the Colonials. Dayton 83, GW 58, the final in Foggy Bottom. The 25-point win for the Flyers gets Dayton to 9-6 and overall, and they even their record in A-10 play at 1-1. One and one. It's been a weird series between these teams the last couple of years. Everybody might remember when they played last year, they didn't even play in Washington, D.C. because of the uh, security measures that were in place because of the situation at the Capitol just a few days earlier. These two teams played three days before Inauguration Day, and the game was actually at George Mason. Dayton won that one 67-54, and the second meeting between these two teams last year was canceled because of COVID protocols. And then here we are almost a year later, uh, and now uh, Dayton and GW playing in an empty Smith Center uh, because of the rising number of COVID cases on their campus. So GW is not letting fans into the Smith Center until at least January 17th. That's a Colonials team that's also been off for uh, since December 13th, so almost a full month. They beat Radford back on December 13th. Since then, they've had their first three A-10 games against St. Bonaventure, St. Joe's, and Duquesne postponed. So today... Here on January 8th, this was GW's uh, A-10 opener. So John Tisdale, you know, we talked about during the postgame before we heard from Anthony, uh, and certainly he was in a far better mood than he was after Wednesday night's game, and who could blame him, Mm -hmm. that the vibes around this team were not good after Wednesday. Uh, Anthony, in a very rare moment for him, uh, throwing his players under the bus, Uh, clearly he he was very frustrated after that effort on Wednesday night in a game that, frankly, uh, they should have won. That that VCU team is not that good. Dayton should have won that game Wednesday night at UD Arena. But they didn't. And as Anthony said in his postgame comments with Larry today, nothing you can do about that one. They had to move on. And Tiz, they certainly did today because they never trailed in this game. And they go to the Smith Center in a goofy environment with no fans. And they just wipe the floor with the Colonials. And they take care of business with this 25-point win. No question about it. As uh, Coach Grant said, uh, the team had good energy, a good purpose uh, throughout this game. He still was not happy with the number of turnovers. We've alluded to that. Um, and now the thing, the challenge he has is building for a level of consistency, as he told our own Larry Hanskin, and that's really the biggest challenge because this team is a very young team. I think I saw a graphic during uh, when the game was, of course, on television on USA Network, and I think the graphic said there was over – the. The freshman, the roster on this team has got over 70% uh, freshmen. 71% um, is, uh, is, is is made up of freshmen. So that's a lot. This is a very young team. There's no doubt about that. But now the challenge is, is now you got now you're in conference play, and that the question's going to be is, you know, can this team develop a level of consistency during the conference season? But uh, going back to this game, of course, John. How many times have we said over the course of the year, uh, over over the years, road wins in college basketball are golden? And I, I don't care if it's in an empty Smith Center. I don't care if it's in a raucous uh, campus down at the down at VCU. I don't care if it's in uh, in George Mason or in uh, only in New York um, at the Raleigh Center. Road wins are just huge in college basketball, and if you can get them. Uh, that builds confidence within your team, and that's exactly what this Flyer team can get. That's exi- exactly what this Flyer team's going to get after this win. We know this is not a good George Washington team. We know that that team is rebuilding. I mean, look, you had only four players scored for this team. Um, I think <laughs> I'm trying to do the math in my head uh, while we're live on the air. Three of the players combined for 54 of their 58 points. They're not a they're, they're a team that's just not that good, but Dayton took advantage of that and they took care of business. Now it's can it 
can you build off that for the rest of the, for not just the rest of the season, but at least going into your game against St. Louis? Because this is one game at a time. You can't worry about what's on the schedule. Uh, you know, three or four games down the road, you got to worry about the next game. And the next game for the Flyers is January 11th. Well, next schedule game is against St. Louis. St. Louis has got to worry about Iona because they had their own game postponed, and that was against St. Bonaventure. And Dayton's game against St. Bonaventure was rescheduled today, announced today for January 18th. So it's it's just fluid for college for not just Dayton, but for all college for all Miami Valley college basketball right now. The schedule's just fluid. And that's really the best way to really describe that. It was a lot of uh wailing and gnashing of teeth after Wednesday's game. And can you blame Dayton fans? Because it just did not feel good to lose that game to G to uh, no. to, uh to VCU on Wednesday night. But as a lot of Dayton fans, I know, thought and mentioned as they watched the game today was that it just felt good to see Dayton come out and dismantle an A-10 opponent on the road. Because certainly, as my dad always says, what happened today, Tiz, this 25-point win certainly beats the alternative, right? You don't want to get too picky about how you're winning games, although it is great just to see them come out and just wire to wire. I mean, this this one was over, Tiz. I mean, you're, you're talking like a little more than – Let's say 12 minutes into this game. I mean, it's exactly. it's just over. Dayton had removed all doubt well before the, they even reached halftime. Um, and Molly Smith continues to impress. I mean, at halftime, he had 13 points, six rebounds, three assists, and one steal. Now, he had all of his first half, all of his points in the first half, but Molly finishes with 13 points, six boards, six assists, and three steals. I mean, this kid, Tiz, is really special. You and I talked in the pregame, a player that impresses – uh, so far this year, and it's got to be Molly Smith because this was a team that came into the year with uncertainty about who is this team's point guard. Clearly, Molly Smith has taken over that role, and he just Absolutely. looks like he's going to be a problem in this league for other teams, Tiz, for a long, long time. He's the real deal. Look, he really is. I mean, Molly Smith has really uh, impressed uh, all Flyer Nation, and and he, he, I mean, this is a guy who is the MOP of the um, – of the Orlando tournament, of the ESPN Events Invitational in Orlando, where he just uh, was inserted into the starting lineup, and I think it was the game before against Austin Peay, but continued that solid play uh, all the way into Orlando, and he really has continued to really he's really taken uh, the helms as this team's floor general, and this team is just so different when he's out on the floor, and you mentioned this that he clearly is the team's uh, MVP without a doubt because he makes things go. I mean, when he and Deron Holmes are really being assertive, this team can be very, very good. Uh, but when they're not, this team's going to have struggle scoring like we saw the other night. Um, both were assertive today. Holmes, especially in the second half, 12 points and also seven rebounds. But Tamani Kamara, I thought, also played well. 14 points, seven to 10 for the field with five points. And the other, the two guys I was also happy to see get back on track, John. Uh, Elijah Weaver, 12 points all in the second half, 5 of 7 from the field, 2 of 3 from 3. But he also had three steals um, to tie with Mal- Malachi Smith. But also, Mustafa Amzio, I thought, play, played well off the bench. Yeah, 10 points, but also six points in, oh, I'm sorry, six rebounds and two assists. Uh, Amzio needed a good game like this. Yes, we know we can say it well as against GW. Okay, Amzio didn't play well the other night. He needed a game like this. 10 points and 23 rebounds in 23 minutes. For Dayton to be to have success this season, they have to get production off that bench. They had 34 bench points today. Um, 22 assists to go with their 37 field goals. Yes, 18 turnovers for with a lot. Um, but you know, GW turned it over 17 times. Dayton scored 22 points off those turnovers, had 56 points in the paint. They took care of business down in Washington, D.C., and now the question is, as we go, as we get ready for uh, now the St. Louis Billikens, what can they do now for an encore? Because for the most part, at least the last few years, Dayton's had St. Louis's number at least the last couple of years, but, you know, this is a rivalry game, and anything can happen because it's a pretty good St. Louis team that's going to be coming into the Dayton Decibel Dungeon on Tuesday night. Yeah, and a St. Louis team that historically, um, you know, gives you fits defensively because they're not going to, you know, blow you out on the offensive end of the, uh, on the floor. They're not like a high-scoring, high-flying team. Travis's forward style is he's going to want to slow it down, turn it into a rock fight, and we saw how well that went Wednesday night. Um, yeah, I think the biggest thing tonight is, aside from Molly Smith continuing to lead the charge and Tumani Kamara and Deron Holmes with good games too, 
uh, also with uh, 14 and 12 between the two of them, respectively, was the fact that you got the bench production up again because, like so many aspects of Wednesday night's game against VCU, the bench production was unacceptable. You can't have three points from your bench in close to whatever they combined for their minute load. Uh, Three points off the bench is just not going to get it done. So good to see, like you said, Omziel had 10. Elijah Weaver really getting up off the schneid, having 12 tonight. And then Kobe Bray with eight and Zim Wakeji putting in uh, four off the bench as well. He sent uh, 37 points, whatever it was off the bench. Just a much better, uh, much more productive night from their bench. And they're going to need that against St. Louis. But tonight, this afternoon, the Dayton Flyers take care of business, 83 58. Their winners over the GW Colonials. The 25 point win gets Dayton to 9 and 6 on the year, and they get to an even 500 in the, in the Atlantic 10. It's John Bedell, John Tisdale, and you here for Flyer Feedback. It continues on the other side of this break right here on the Home of the Flyers. This is Flyer Feedback, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. You're listening to Flyer Feedback on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's news and talk. Call with your questions and comments now. 457-1290. Flyer Feedback on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Flyer Feedback. Dayton a winner tonight in a runaway. This afternoon, I should say. 25-point winner over the GW Colonials. Dayton 83 George Washington, 58, the final from Washington, D.C. this afternoon. And Dayton's coming home a winner, and they now lead the all-time series between these two teams, 21-17. to Dayton's now won five straight in this series, including, incredibly, given their history there, the last two they've played actually at the Smith Center. It's John Bedell, John Tisdale, and you here for Flyer Feedback as we recap this win. Dayton's next few weeks looking a little differently than they did coming into the game, Tiz. We know that uh, mm-hmm. the A-10's going to continue to have to shuffle the uh, slate uh, as they've had to do already this year with um, COVID protocols. Pull out my hard copy of my calendar here. And uh, Dayton's already had, we found out earlier this week, so the game against Rhodey that Dayton had postponed because of uh, COVID issues within the Rams program that game's now going to be played on Valentine's Day. That is a late tip. Uh, Dayton will go to Kingston at 9 p.m. on Monday the 14th. So that was always that week of Valentine's Day, uh, John Tisdale, was always sort of a logical place to put one of those two games because that was the one week that Dayton has in their schedule that they had, that, that everybody in the A-10 has, where you get one week where you've got a full seven days between games. They had before earlier this week, a week off between uh, this return game with the Colonials at UD Arena on Saturday, February 12th, and then going to Hawk Hill a week later to play St. Joe's on the 19th. So now, instead of a full Saturday to Saturday off, Dayton will go versus GW Saturday. Then they'll play at Rhodey on Monday, and they'll stay on the road and go to Philadelphia to play St. Joe's on Saturday, February 19th. The other change... Uh, involves the makeup game with St. Bonaventure. So Dayton had that game canceled because of the Bonnies having COVID issues. And now we got a few dominoes moving around because uh, the Bonnies game will now be played Tuesday, January 18th. Dayton originally had a game the next night against Fordham. So now the Fordham game has been moved until Tuesday, the 25th. So that following week. So that gives them more of a regular. uh, They'll go two weeks in a row where they have Tuesday, Saturday games with that new Actually, you know what? Yeah, they'll go Tuesday, Saturday for two weeks in a row, and then they'll play Tuesday, Friday, because they've got a game against Rhodey uh, on the 28th. So a couple of uh, schedule changes for the Flyers. They get Rhodey on uh, February 14th on Valentine's Day, and now they'll play St. Bonaventure on Tuesday, January 18th, and the Fordham game, originally scheduled for the 19th, will now be played on January 25th. So be advised, Flyer fans, of the schedule changes for UD. And Tizzy, a full slate of games in the A-10 today. Yes, yes, there were. Uh, uh, two, one final to report, uh, Duquesne knocking off UMass uh, earlier today, 78-74, to 74, so good win for Keith Dambrot and company going into the Mullins Center in UMass uh, and getting that one. Two games that are going on right now, Davidson leading Rhode Island 24-19, about 7.05 left to go in that one in the first half. We expected this. VCU leading LaSalle, the Tom Gola Pool Hall and Gymnasium. I think it's called the Pool. I, I have no idea what to call that place. 30 to 15 down in the, the city of brotherly love. They have uh, fog machines there now that yes, if you haven't they seen do the video have... on Twitter, uh, 
just it's it's as if those fog machines sprung forth from LaSalle basketball's id. It, it is just LaSalle basketball personified. If you've seen those two sad sack fog machines they have at Tom Gola Arena, uh, go check it out on Twitter because it is hilarious when uh, these fog machines go off for their game introductions. It's just it's just the saddest thing you've ever seen. Look, I'm not trying to make fun of LaSalle, but that place is just awful. It really is. When, you're, uh, when he's at, Larry talks about when he's at games there, tis you know it's on like the top floor. You can you can you can uh, hear uh, the you can or you can hear you can smell the chlorine wafting up from the floor below of the pool that's on the second floor of that of that building. It's uh, it's a weird place to watch a game for sure. <laughs> Could they move those games to the palestra in all seriousness? That that at least would make more sense. But then again, it'd be two-thirds full of Flyer fans probably because there's plenty of Flyer alumni from Philadelphia or, or from the Pittsburgh area probably. But I have no idea. Anyway, 30-17 to 17 VCU, or as we call affectionately known as the Richmond Rams, leading LaSalle Explorers by a score of 30-17. Uh, there were some games that were postponed due to COVID. Richmond at Fordham. Uh, Fordham off to a nice start, eight and five uh, to start the season. St. Joseph's at George Mason. That game postponed due to COVID. Uh, St. Louis was supposed to play at St. Bonaventure, postponed due to COVID. How about this for a matchup? St. Louis gets a game against Iona uh, tonight at eight o'clock. And how about this? Travis Ford taking on his mentor Rick Pitino. Of course, Rick Pitino, when he was at Kentucky, coached Travis Ford back in the '90s. Of course, they had good success. When Travis Ford was the point guard, I think they went to a Final Four back in 93 and the Elite Eight in 95. So that should be an interesting matchup. And John, it was up to me. If Iona wants to push St. Louis to three or four overtimes and wear them out for Tuesday night, <laughs> Coach Pertino, go for it, by the way. So yeah. for once, I have no problem that Coach Pertino does that because you're not going to hear me say nice things about Pertino. But, uh, uh, that, me that neither. Is, I don't think you find many people. No, not at all, not at all. But uh, that is the schedule in the uh, Atlantic 10. As, uh, uh, But that should be an interesting matchup, though, in all seriousness. St. Louis against Iona. But uh, uh, Rody, by the way, just taking the lead 25-24 against Davidson. Seriously, that is a good game, by the way. Davidson off to a nice start in the A-10, knocking off Alabama. That's a great win for the uh, conference. And so uh, that game will likely go down to the final moments in that one, I pre- in my, my thinking, and Rody off to a nice start as well, uh, 9-3. and three. So uh, that's your A-10 schedule uh, for this Saturday, January the 8th. Yeah, and St. Louis, I mean, that's a, that's a decent um, Billiken squad, Tiz. They it are, is. Let me see, adjusted offenses. So there are 62nd adjusted, offense, uh, adjusted offensive efficiency, 96 in the country comp- uh, as far as Ken Pomp's concerned in terms of their defensive efficiency. But you typically, when you think St. Louis and when you think Travis Ford, St. Louis teams, you, you typically associate them with uh, really strong defensive efforts, Tiz. The, the, you know, typically with, with Ford, they don't really have much of an offensive philosophy other than chuck it up, we'll get the offensive rebound and just junk it up, and then we'll, we'll be scoring on second possessions. And they're going to – typically, you think of them wanting to slow it down into a more of a rock fight, so we'll see what happens. But they're a top 70 net team. They're 67 in the net ranking, so um, that's going to be a challenge. It always is. It's a great rivalry. You know, it's the Arch Baron Cup. These two it teams is. have been yep. pod teams for – Tiz, as long as I can remember, I first came to UD in the fall of 06 to go to school there, and they've been playing St. Louis twice a year, at least since then. So uh, these two teams know each other very well. These are two programs that are familiar with each other. It's kind of one of the regional rivalries in the A-10 that's sort of, you know, blossomed over the last few years, especially since – you know, Xavier has left the A-10, so it's always um, an entertaining game when these two teams get to, well, maybe not entertaining, but they're always close when these two teams get together because, you know, <laughs> season of dreams, Tiz, that was the closest A-10 team. That, that St. Louis was the closest anybody but anybody came in the A-10 slate that year to beating uh, exactly Dayton. Right. So we'll that, see what happens that, Tuesday That's night. exactly right. And, and, and going back to St. Louis and, uh, and Dayton, John, that was a pretty good non-conference rivalry before they joined the Atlantic 10. Those two would always play non-conference, and usually it's the first team to 60 would win. Maybe the case uh, possibly Tuesday night, but look, St. Louis averaging 81.6 points a game uh, looking at the stats there, so that should, that'll be another close one uh, coming into uh, uh, Tuesday night, but of course... Flyers taking care of business, uh, 83 points tonight against a, uh, this afternoon, I should say, against a 
not good GW team, 83-58. Uh, five players in double figures. Want to hear from you. You can tweet us at John Tisdell, and you can tweet uh, John Bedell at J Bedell, W-H-I-O. I think I got the Twitter account right right there. Or you can call us at 937-457-1290. Uh, Flyers, five players in double figures. John, uh, Tamani Kamara, 14 points. Malachi Smith, 13 points. Jerron Holmes, 12 points and seven rebounds. Elijah Weaver, 12 points. Mustafa Amziel had 10 points as well, and Kobe Brea, 8 points. Uh, yes, the turnovers are probably, this has been an issue that the Flyers have had all year. They had 12 turnovers in the first half, only 6 in the second. Uh, but Dayton needed a game like this. They needed a game to kind of get their confidence back. This was their only their second game in two weeks. They looked like they hadn't played uh, a game in two weeks on Wednesday night against VCU. And GW, and I'll be honest, they looked like they hadn't played a game in a month. Um, and uh, the Flyers took advantage of that. Uh, they shot uh, close to fi- they shot fifty close to fifty nine percent for the game, and uh, good to get their ninth win of the season. Now let's see if they can uh, see if this can lead to better things uh, with uh, St. Louis and Duquesne coming up uh, next week. Yeah, and and just good to see them come out as Anthony said in his post game comments with Larry. Just good to see Dayton bring it after what was just a gut punch of a loss on Wednesday night, and when you only score. 52 points, and again, their perspective is, you're, you know, VCU wants to slow it down. They're not going to light it up offensively either themselves, which kind of makes Wednesday all the more frustrating when you had multiple chances down the stretch. And when you score one field goal the last 11 minutes of the game, uh, that's frustrating. But Dayton, I mean, you score 52 points Wednesday night, Tiz. They eclipsed that by the under-12 timeout in the second half. So, right. uh, you know, with eight minutes to go, you've already eclipsed your total from the entire game on Wednesday night. Um, and again, Nobody's going to confuse GW for any sort of national title contender or even no. sniffing the NCAA tournament, but no. it certainly beats the alternative. And after a game Wednesday against a team in GW that's been off for close to a full month, you never really know what to expect, as Josh Pastorino talked about in his pregame comments. Uh, but Dayton and Winter tonight, or this afternoon, 83-58, and they're moving on to St. Louis on Tuesday night. And we'll see, Tiz, if they can just, you know, keep stacking up those wins as the A-10 season goes along and you try to avoid stepping on those landmines. Uh, that you've got throughout the conference season. So as John mentioned, you can tweet us at JBLWHIO and or at John Tisdale, and I may read your tweet on the air. Andrew on Twitter says, Kamara should still put the ball on the floor as little as possible. Uh, yeah, Tamani still having trouble with turnovers. He had five tonight, and as a team, that was Tony's issue on Twitter. She said, how can a win still be this ugly is a bit unsettling. Right. Now, I asked ugly because I didn't think it was that bad, but then she says, yeah, still sloppy ball handling turnovers. And yes, that that, that is... Still the glaring problem that this team has is the turnovers. They've got to take care of that. But I didn't think today was ugly. I, I mean, 25-point win looks pretty good to me. Um, it was maybe right. a little sloppy in the first half. But for the most part, it was. It's, uh, if you're going to nitpick after a 25-point win, that's certainly what everybody's going to focus on is the 18-point turnovers, especially, John, when it just continues to be an issue for this Dayton team as the season goes along. And that's something Coach Grant talked about during his post-game comments when he was uh, discussing this with our own Larry Hanskin. I mean, look, this has been an issue all year. There's no doubt about it. The turnovers have been a problem for this team. Now, it did not cost Dayton in this game. It has hurt Dayton in past games. Uh, It hurt them against uh, VCU. I mean, you go back to that one point in the first half, Dayton's got a 5-3 lead. They had three straight turnovers. Just like that, it led to six points for the Rams, and then all of a sudden, Dayton's trailing 11-5. Well, Dayton, yes, had 12 turnovers in the first half, but as I go through uh, my notes in this one, that only led to four points for GW. Now, GW takes a lot of threes. They had 33-pointers for the game and only made nine of them. Um, GW turned it over 10 times. Dayton got 14 points off those turnovers. So, yes, it was sloppy. There were times both teams were sloppy. Uh, I'll I'll agree with uh, Tony. I'll agree with you right there. And, John, that's a point, point that you made as well. It was a sloppy game. You could tell uh, that both teams were having those issues. But the Flyers were able to settle in. Uh, 9-7 after a three by Freeman. Uh, but Dayton goes then on that 14-0 run to go up 23-7. And really, they never looked back from there. A couple of dunks from Kamara. Alley, couple uh, Four straight points by uh, Deron Holmes. And then Dayton, I think, Kobe Elvis then scores five straight points to end the half. It was 38-23. And... Yeah, there's things you can work on. The turnovers are going to be an issue with this team. But I like the way that this team competed. Kobe Elvis had five assists in this game. You had Um Umzeal, not only with his 10 points, he had six rebounds. 
uh, Dayton got a lot better production from their supporting cast, and they didn't have that the other night. Those are things that you can build on for the next game. It was good to see Zimmy and Mulcahy get some good minutes, um, four points. This is a guy that that has that couldn't get onto the court, on the basketball court because he was hurt to start the year, and that has slowed him down. He played well at times last year. Um, he has not played. He's barely played this year, so maybe the, maybe a game like this can get his confidence going. So yes. Dayton struggled last year, John. One point that I'd make, they struggled against the bottom feeders last year. Well, if Dayton could take advantage, maybe beat those bottom feeders this year, maybe this can help build the team's confidence. I'm not saying you're going to beat VCU, beat St. Louis, or sweep them this year. They're not going to sweep VCU. But if you can take care of business against teams like GW, if you can take care of business against teams like Fordham, then you know what? Maybe that can, that can build momentum for other games. So it's very important that Dayton you know, not lose to those type of teams like a St. Joe's, like a GW, like a Fordham, like they did last year. So this was an important win for the Flyers to get today. Yeah, as you mentioned, Tiz, that, that was just something they were wholly unable to do, um, maddeningly so for the, Dayton, for the Dayton fan base because you've got no business losing those games. So, you know, on one hand, I, I can see somebody who says, well, they should be GW. Well, right, they should. But also that was this is something that they were, as I mentioned, completely incapable of doing last year so it's it it, it beats the alternative here we are you know you, you got to take care of these games and good to see Dayton um you know remove all doubt very very early in this one as they win in a runaway 83-58 in a game that wasn't close so we'll see if that's something that this Dayton team can correct this year moving down the rest of the road in the A-10 between now and the first few weeks of March so Dayton's a winner by 25 points 83 83- 58 over GW. It's John Bedell, John Tisdale, and you here for Flyer Feedback. The home stretch of it after this break, right here on the Home of the Flyers. This is Flyer Feedback, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's News and Talk. You're listening to Flyer Feedback on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's News and Talk. Call with your questions and comments now. 457 1290. Flyer Feedback on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Flyer Feedback. Today, the Dayton Flyers cruise right past the GW Colonials. Final score of 83-58, to 58, a 25-point win for the Dayton Flyers is actually their second highest scoring output of the season, second only to the 93 points they dropped on Alabama State in the non-conference, and Dayton now improves to 9-6. and six. Overall, they get to an even 1-1 in a 10 play. Tumani Kamara led the Flyers with 14 points. Also in double digits, four other players for the Flyers. Molly Smith had all 13 of his points in the first half. Deron Holmes had 12. Elijah Weaver also had 12. And Mustafa Amsil added 10 off the bench for the Flyers. And I should mention that Weaver came off the bench with his 12 for UD as well. The much stronger bench production from tonight, uh, this afternoon, was much better to see compared to what they had Wednesday, which was a combined three points and five turnovers. Not ideal from your bench against VCU on Wednesday. Uh, John Teal's no good to see. Uh, Dayton, just go to GW and take care of business against what is, let's just call a spade a spade, a really bad Colonials team. Absolutely. Uh, that's what you want to do. You want to take advantage of a team that was pit to finish at the bottom, of, not, not, not to finish last, but at the very bottom of the Atlantic 10, and that's exactly what the Flyers did this afternoon. A uh, 25-point win, and uh, now it's on to uh, GW, and uh, Dayton now improving to 9-6 on the season. And now uh, you get ready for the Billikens uh, Tuesday night and looking for win number 10. Yeah, rivalry game against the Billikens here Arch in Dayton. 457-937-457-1290 is the number. David is in Dayton. Welcome to Flyer Feedback, David. Uh, hello. Uh I was wondering how you think the bank uh, the Flyers will do on uh, Tuesday, and uh, who will step up for them. And I'm also wondering how the uh, Billikens are playing. Thank you for the call here on Flyer Feedback, David. Uh, well, we'll see about how they do on Tuesday. Uh, as we mentioned, St. Louis that's a that's a top seventy Ken Palm team, so they're not they're not awful. Um, Tis, it's always, it's always, I feel like, a, a close game when these two teams get together. Um, and as far as stepping up, and David, we thank you for the call here on Flyer Feedback. Uh, Tiz, we'll see who steps up Tuesday, but if I had to guess, it'd be probably Molly Smith again. 
No question about it. Uh, you know, as goes Mally Smith, as goes the Flyers. Uh, Mally Smith was in foul trouble uh, in the VCU game Wednesday night, picked up his third foul at the end of the first half. That really limited limited his aggressiveness in really in the second half of that game, but that was not the case today, and we saw uh, pretty much what he did. He scored 13 points all in the first half, six rebounds, six assists, and three steals. Uh, as for St. Louis, David, to allude, uh, they're a good team. They're a good veteran team. Uh, yes, uh, they have not beaten Dayton since uh, going back to the 2018-2019 season in the Atlantic 10 tournament. Um, it usually goes down to the wire um, whenever these two teams get together. Um, that's likely going to be the case again. Uh, Flyers are going to need good, solid efforts from everybody, from Smith and from Holmes, but also Kamara. But uh, other guys have to step up. Kobe Elvis was better today. Uh, they need Kobe to put together good two-game efforts. Uh, it's going to take everybody. This is a Dayton team that needs to be clicking on all cylinders to win. We saw that uh, when they were in Orlando. They could do. They 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 won all three games, including in winning the whole tournament. Why can't they do it against St. Louis uh, Tuesday night? They only have one common opponent for you know whatever you think it's worth. They both played Belmont. Dayton obviously beat Belmont in. Uh, their early season tournament in Orlando. The Billikens played Belmont and lost 64-59. But as you mentioned, Tiz, it's a rivalry game. These teams are intimately familiar with each other. Uh, Anthony Grant and Travis Ford have coached against each other a lot. And uh, it's it's always – I think you can always expect a close game, as you mentioned, when these two teams get together. Uh, and it's the Arch Baron Cup. If that, if that doesn't get your blood pumping, then, then check your pulse because it's the stuff of legends, people. Yes. It really, really is. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, one last check of the A-10 scoreboard, John, before we uh, before we go. Uh, tied at 35, Rhode Island and Davidson. VCU and LaSalle, I think the fog is finally cleared. Well, it cleared for the Rams. Uh, 38-28, uh, LaSalle, of course, eh, it still isn't cleared in that building. Uh, St. Louis and Iona, uh, tip-off for that is at 8 o'clock. Uh, Rick Pitino against his uh, for- former player, Travis Ford. That should be a good one down at the, uh, Sha- at, the down at Chaffetz, so... That'll be a good one. Uh, they'll be keeping an eye on that one, I think, uh, throughout the uh, college basketball world tonight. And a good gift for St. Louis, honestly. You know, when they're in a pinch yeah. without, a, without a game because of COVID, I mean, the Gales are having themselves quite a season. They are. Uh, we saw them down in Orlando, too. So that's, uh, that's a good gift for St. Louis when you suddenly got a hole in the schedule. So Absolutely. Uh, but we'll see how that one goes for St. Louis. And, but tonight, Dayton winner, 83-58, a 25-point win over the George Washington Colonials in Washington, D.C. So that's going to do it for us. Today, Flyers fans, but we will talk to you Tuesday after the Arch Baron Cup Round 1, Dayton and St. Louis. Until then, from my, or I'm John Bedell. I'm John Tisdell. And until then, we'll see you on the radio Tuesday night, Flyer fans. Until then, we're saying thanks for listening, and go Flyers. Go Flyers. This is Flyer Feedback, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's News and Talk.